NYCapartmentZone.com. From New York City, this is the NYC Zone Teams Podcast. A show where we discuss everything about New York City real estate. And much more. You have questions, we have answers. And now, here are your hosts, John and Nikolai. Hi everyone, this is another episode here with the NYC Zone Team. In this episode, we're actually, it's interesting. We have multiple people here from Compass. We have uh, John from San Diego, California. How's it going? And we also yeah. And we also got Guy from Austin. Hey, how's it going? Great, great. And then we have Jason from Atlanta. Hey, how are you guys? <laughs> great. And of course, my business partner, Nikolai, and John here from the NYC Zone team, who will be talking about New York City. Today, we're going to be talking literally about each of these markets in uh, San Diego, Austin, um, New York City, and Atlanta so that all you guys can have an idea of what's going on in the market. So we're going to start off in uh, San Diego. Um, I'm kind of curious of what's going on in the West Coast, John. Um, can you kind of give us a little bit of, uh, of an idea of what's going on in that market over there? Yeah, we've had uh, Marine Layer kind of cramping our, our style a little bit. Um, we've got the June gloom in full effect, but uh, but but uh, but yeah, it's been, it's been a good... 2019 thus far um it was a little interesting towards like august september of 2018 um i think some of the market above say probably two million kind of pumped the brakes thinking that there was going to be a slowdown correction um and uh and so some of the some of the numbers kind of slowed up around the coast during that time and uh I think I think now we're seeing in 2019 interest rates still low and uh, a lot of buyers um, kind of impatient on waiting for a correction that may or may not ever come. So um, as as a whole, we've been um, we don't have a huge impact from the Asian markets and from the, the foreign investment money that that probably Seattle. Um, San Fran, LA, Orange County feel. Um, so that hasn't really, we haven't seen a big uptick and we haven't seen a, a negative on that as well. Um, and I, I think that those um, other markets that I mentioned are, are probably, uh, it's probably a little bit lower. They probably had a, a negative impact with, um, with some of that money drying up a little bit. Um, and we haven't had a huge, um, insurgents of like Google or Apple or you know any of the big um, companies coming into town. I, th I think San Diego is a little bit of a, a smaller market for some of those big companies. So um, we've been pretty. It's kind of been business as usual. Um, similar trends, and now we're getting into the hot season. Um, you know, July, August are typically pretty big months for for out of town buyers coming into San Diego. Okay, I mean, um, thank you for that. I mean, the, the type of supply that you're seeing over, in, over there in your market, do you see that there's like a huge increase in supply or would you say it's pretty stable or has it declined? Yeah, um, so San Diego is very interesting. And, uh, and, and when you look at the numbers as a whole, um, it, it, it kind of follows the trend perfectly with, um, you know, the market times being pretty similar uh, like days on market are pretty similar to year over year for the last two, three years. Um, uh, 
appreciation in terms of price per foot is is pretty much on par. Um, yeah, everything as a whole is pretty um, pretty steady. Um, when you dive into each individualized market in San Diego and, and get very local, um, then you start seeing some trends. Um, for instance, Del Mar is is a very small little pocket within San Diego. And then within Del Mar, you have different neighborhoods like the Del Mar Beach Colony, which is a very affluent, um, highly desirable area, low bank waterfront. That market's taken a bit of a hit um, because of um, changes in short-term rentals um, and then also just some negative press that, that we've had um, around um, just, you know, uh, sea level rise and and uh um the i think the the term managed retreat has gotten thrown out there in the media and and it's it's just caused confusion and so um we've seen some very big sales um happening in the you know six million 10 million 20 million kind of range um and then the mid market is probably what's been affected negatively the most um probably that you know 3 to 5 million um that's where we've been seeing some of the days on market jumping up a little bit um you know in Del Mar, Solana Beach, uh Rancho Santa Fe, markets like that. What would you say is like the average days on market just an idea of what's going on in San Diego, average days on market? Yeah, so um, that's a it's a tricky tricky topic, right? Because uh, the data that we get is is typically a little bit um, a little bit unknown because because agents have the ability to cancel, relist, and it and it resets days on market. But when you look at the data, um, it's it's roughly most of the coastal markets. It's roughly you know under 45 days at the most um, for days on market. Um, I think that uh, Rancho Santa Fe, um, those numbers are typically a little bit higher, um, mainly because of price points, like the entry point to that market's quite a bit higher. Um, so days on market are, are a bit higher. Um, yeah, I mean, for the most part, um, Again, when you look at days on market, the only market, that, the only pocket that's been really affected has been that three to five million range. And at most in, in some of those coastal communities, it's jumped up to, you know, 70, maybe up to 80 days on market. Um, I, again, I think those numbers are probably skewed. Um, I think they're probably a little bit higher than the, than, than the data reflects, but, um, but, uh, but you know, when you look at that data, it's pretty positive. That's pretty interesting, yeah, because compared to over here in New York City, for example, our average days on market are around uh, 90 days. It's actually just decreased a little bit. Yeah. Um, but before we get dig deeper into New York City, I, I, I kind of want to uh, dig into Austin and kind of like piggyback off what we're talking about, about average days on market. What is the average days on market you've seen over there, uh, Guy? Austin, uh, the average days on market. The average days on market are about 50 days, is what uh, the last report just said. Um, I mean, it's strong. If it's priced right, it's going to go in the first week, and usually multiple offers. 
Um, we're seeing a huge influx of out-of-state people coming from all over, a lot from California. And uh, we're getting a big, big influx from Chicago lately. Um, so our market's been very strong on that front. Um, I think if it's priced right, it's going to sell quickly. Okay. And what kind of what kind of supply are you seeing there? You think you, are you seeing a stability there, or do you see an increase or decrease in supply? Market for sure. We're inventory right now, um, and we're. I mean, it's hard for buyers to find houses that they want. Um, there, I mean, a lot of stuff is trading off market because of it, um, and you're seeing a lot of that coming soon. Um, coming soon activity really pick up, and you're getting a lot of a lot of people wanting to pay a primo price for it because of it. Um, so yeah, the market's strong here in Austin. Well, that's amazing because I actually have hired a lot of friends who've been moving to Texas and they're saying that it's a, it's a pretty booming market over there, um, which kind of piggybacks off to Jason, which is Atlanta, where you hear Atlanta is actually another booming market. Um, Jason, what is what is your average days on market that you're seeing over there in Atlanta? Hey guys, and appreciate being in studio in New York. <laughs> of course, yeah, anytime. All the way for this podcast. <laughs> um, so I would say, in many respects, I draw more parallels to Austin and San Diego. We're probably in that forty to fifty day on market range. Um, when you look at when you look at the numbers in such a macro way, though, it can kind of skew things, right? So it depends on the price point. Depends on the location, whether you're talking in the city versus out towards the suburbs. There's a lot of dynamics there. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, just to kind of get an idea about the supply, because I know the supply, I'm kind of curious because I know there's a lot of development happening in it. Right. So what's how's that affecting resale versus the new development? Yeah. And so in about roughly 30, 35% of our business is new development as well. So mm-hmm. we have the pleasure of seeing it through the eyes of resale and the developer. Um, And to sort of tie in supply with days on market, we find that supply is generally anywhere, it can be as low as two or three months in entry level price points, right? As you get into sort of the mid market here, at one point they were steadily in that three to four month range. Now we're getting closer to five or six months of supply. Okay, We've seen a slowing in the pace of growth but not a negative growth, right? Mm-hmm. I know New York, for instance, is experiencing sort of a buyer's market, right? Yep. We still are experiencing a strong seller's market in most cases. It's just a little slowing of that pace. And then you really don't get into a buyer's market supply-wise and days on market-wise until you get into the luxury range, right? right? Which for Atlanta starts probably in that million to million and a half price point. Sure. Uh, then buyers have lots of choices. so. It is interesting to see, and we have the we have the ability to be. We have a lot of organic growth, I guess you'd say. We're not affected um, as I forget who was talking about it a second ago by international money, tech money, things like that. We have a solid foundation of huge Fortune 500s that really either started in Atlanta or, and are based there: Delta, Home Depot. Coca-Cola, UPS, we have anchoring points in our city that fundamentally keep us from having as strong of dips as well as some of the highs that other places see at the same time. Not to mention we have the most, or we have the largest busiest airport in the world 20 years running. And so that adds a huge dynamic 
to have Hartsfield where I think last year, 120 million people passed through it. So a lot of things that make me feel like if you're buying in Atlanta, it's a safe investment, right? There's not a lot of outside forces that are going to come in and affect the growth. And we're projected to have 2 million more people added to the city within the next quarter century, which will make us one of the five largest cities in the U.S. by 2050. Right. I mean, I, I've been seeing those numbers. Um, I actually had a friend that I uh, sent over That's to right. you. Thank you for the referral. Yeah, of course. And when he bought it, he bought it, I want to say, a year and a half before you put it on the market. Mm -hmm. And he got it for like 190 or something like that, or yeah. five or something like that. And you, you guys were able to sell it, I believe, at 220. Yeah, and Miguel, your friend, was he was roughly 30 miles outside the city, right? Right. So he was fortunate. I felt to sell within the first week or two. Right. As you go further out of Atlanta, typically the days on market are a little slower, mm -hmm. a little longer, right? We're seeing really those those gangbusters markets for the most part in the urbanized areas, um, in walkable locations, right? And then we have this wonderful thing called the Beltline which is a concept that was invented by a guy who was a Georgia Tech student and New York subsequently took that concept and built the High Line oh, okay. here in New York City. Nice. Uh -huh. um, but it's the same concept, it's a complete circle around the city of redeveloped and repurchased train tracks during a 20 to 25 mile trail. So you're seeing a lot of development focus along the Beltline which surrounds Midtown and Downtown and just you're talking days on market in many cases and real estate just being bought up like that pretty quickly. Yeah, I, I just find it crazy how the appreciation just went up like that in just a year and yeah. a half, which is pretty cool. I see growth in Atlanta, which um, I want Nikolai to talk about more about New York City. Um, give us more about, about the days on market over here, kind of what Jason said, we're more into a buyer's uh, market. We, we did shift into a buyer's market. I feel like um, about three, four years ago, we've had some of the best prime years of Manhattan real estate and of Brooklyn real estate. And now we've been seeing uh, quite a bit of a slowdown. And the interesting thing about Manhattan and Brooklyn, you can break it down by price points, but you also got to break it down by the neighborhood, then you got to break it down by the street, and then you got to break it down by the building. Because, uh, and then the building, even like it depends on the exposure that you have. So there's like a million type of components that are going to come in when you're pricing the property, selecting how you're going to position it exactly. Uh, but the point being, if we were just to go into like blunt numbers in Manhattan for all categories and everything, we have 90 days on market. And actually, the bad thing about this, it has grown by about 40% compared to last year, which is which is a significant amount. And I feel like between four of us, we like our days on market are almost double compared to what you guys are experiencing. Yeah. Uh, but the good thing is we're seeing a little bit more activity, for example, compared to last month, um, because looking back about a month or two ago, we've actually surpassed 100 days in market. And um, the reason being why the days in market are a little bit less now, we are seeing listings still being on the market for a while, but with more activity. So we're having a lot more showings. We have people coming to open houses. So I think that's the reason why it's coming down. We're hoping that it's going to reach the normality again of 50 to 60 days on market. But for the moment, we're at 90 days. What do you think, John? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, pretty much our monthly absorption rate, which is pretty much how many months we pretty much take to sell all the inventory. It's almost at seven months. And it's pretty high for, for New York City because in the past, uh, I want to say five, six, seven years ago, it was like 2.8, 2, like... 
it was for sure that your home was going to get sold if your house was on the market. Uh, but kind of going back to what you were saying about open houses, John, I want to I want to I want to know what kind of activity are you getting at your open houses? Are you getting a lot of people showing up at the open house? Super active, and and this time of year especially, this is this is when we get all the people trying to escape the the heat in Texas and Arizona and. Las Vegas. So, so we get a lot of people coming through the open houses this time of year, uh, which is pretty typical. Um, but, but I think overall, um, just in terms of year over year, uh, we're seeing a lot of buyers out there right now. And, and I think that's because of that little slow in, uh, in the end of 2018. I think there's just a lot of people, um, a lot of people looking for things very specific. Um, and uh, and that's the thing on the on the coast here. There's not a whole lot of um, you know cookie cutter developments. It's it's a lot of custom builds and um, very unique lots and, and pieces of land. So um, so we've been seeing a lot of activity, and and um, I think that'll continue through uh, at least through the end of the summer. Okay, um, guy, what are you seeing in Austin? You're getting a lot of uh, open house activity in your listings. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of open house activity. Of course, just like, um, of course, the closer to the city, downtown you get, the more activity you're getting. If you're a little farther out, um, you're still getting solid activity, but the traffic definitely drops off a little bit. Um, I just think because of proximity to town, um, traffic's, traffic here in Austin can be a little difficult, so people are really wanting to be relatively close to where they work. Um, so they're, we're, we're definitely seeing quite a bit of activity in our open house. Okay. Are you, are you guys seeing any sort of um, discounts in, in the offers? And if so, like what kind of percentage below are you seeing discounts on, on versus the asking price? So, I mean, we're seeing some discounts. It kind of depends on the property, you know, luxury versus, you know, a median priced home. Uh, on average, they were 2.2% off list price um, last month. But um, overall, you're getting pretty close to your list. And a lot of times, if you're central, you're getting over list and getting multiple offers and getting into a bidding war. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, and how about you, John? Yeah. Uh, again, it's it's price point driven. So under two million multiple offers. I think we we submitted an offer for a client last week, and there were twenty offers on it. <laughs> so. Wow. <laughs> Thanks for making me reminiscent about the good old times in New York City. <laughs> so, so yeah, but so under two million is crazy and very active. Um, and then and then and then we've been seeing stuff like we had a couple listings in the over eight million range that were on the market for two days, three days. So um, so I think that that mid, that mid market's really the the thing where. If you're a buyer right now, I think there's more opportunity, and it's it's probably more of a buyer's kind of a buyer's market. Um, but with that comes a little bit of seller reluctance as well, um, because um, because we haven't experienced much of a dip. Exactly. And with Jason, what kind of what kind of offer do you think you you're receiving? You're getting a lot of asking pricing, um, or well. I'm very old fashioned with the belief that if it's price right, you generally get really close to list yeah. price. Mm -hmm. um, I know there's many professionals in my market that will use certain phrases like this house will just take longer to sell or this or that. But I, I ultimately believe that 
price and time to sell are totally correlated. Most of our listings get between 98 and 99% on asking in 20 days. And that's because we usually are really great at getting our clients to price accordingly. Um, I would say that from an offer standpoint, because of that, as a listing agent, I'm in a number of multiple offer situations. I'd say probably about a quarter of my listings end up in multiple offers. Nice. Generally, what happens though is as you get into luxury, even if it's price right, you don't get into as many multiple offer situations. So entry level and mid-market scenarios, you're gonna see a lot of that. And then again, a lot of it's location driven. It's the kind of housing that we're talking here, right? I find that a lot of these larger sort of McMansion type homes that a lot of baby boomers built on the edge of the city, um, not even in many cases that far outside the city, they're having a harder time turning those, right? Because it's, a, it's about what are people looking for, right? And what we're finding is that ironically, baby boomers and millennials want the same type of housing now, right? They want more efficient space, they want a walkable location, right? And they don't need 5,000 square feet to achieve that, right? In Atlanta, that's a big family home. So what we're finding is that the homes of that nature, even if they're priced right, they're just slower to move because there's less buyers for them. A lot of these new denser townhome communities in prime locations, same price point, go like that. Quick, yeah. Okay, well, it's good to know. I mean, even here in New York City, Nicola, I give you an idea of what kind of uh, discounts that people are kind of starting off or starting off with. Uh... And, and, and I agree with you. You know, we still see some of the listings that are like, let's say it's phenomenal two-bedroom co-op in Central Park and it's priced under a million, there's going to be a bit more. You're going to have 20 to 30 people within the first open house and you're going to have lots of activity, multiple offers, most like probably not 20 offers, but three, four solid offers. Um, but that's that price point. What we're seeing also, we have some of our listings that are in the buildings for like five to $10 million price range. And there you cannot price it just right. Uh, the days on market in those buildings can range from 100 days on market to three years. And that's not a lie. I've seen listings sit on the market for three years with the same listing agent. And then they sell at a discount of about um, 500,000, sometimes even a million dollars. It sounds crazy. But sometimes when we price hiring properties, we got to leave at least a little bit of a wiggle room, a couple of percent, because uh, buyers that come in, they expect to get a discount at that price point. Yep. Um, Especially in this type of market that we're in, um, we're seeing some of our buyers that we're working with, uh, they, they see a price, if it's $2 million, they're like, all right, let's start out at 1.5, like half a million dollar type of discount. Um, and believe it or not, sometimes they might win, not, not at that first starting offer, but we might reach at 1.7, 1.75. Um, and it's, it's interesting to see because a lot of buyers know that it's a buyer's market here in New York City and that um, they can get some pretty good deals. Yep. You know, they, they know it. They're very well informed. We were representing a buyer on a $3 million purchase. We, our offer was a million below from the asking price and we ended up meeting in the middle. Right. So that just comes to show you in the luxury market. Now, when it comes to um, things around a million, I mean, you're looking around maybe an, a range of 200000 to $150,000, $100,000 uh, more or less. 
Um, and then when you go into like half a million dollars, you're looking more, you know, 50,000, 60, $70,000 type of discount. So over here with our numbers, they're saying a median listing discount is around 7%. And, and also I think the reason why this is happening is because when you're on a stable market or you're on the rising market, your neighbor sold for a million dollars, let's say, and you're pricing the property a year or half a year later, uh, the neighboring property at a million and 50,000, you know, a little bit of appreciation, you price it just a little bit higher, everybody is happy. When you're in a declining market, which we have been seeing for the past couple of years in New York City, the conversation is your neighbor sold for a million dollars last year, we're going to price it at 900 or 950,000. Nobody wants to hear that part. Right, right. And it's crazy how in a couple of months the market will change. Yeah. I'd be interested from your market standpoint, because obviously New York's a very different animal than a lot of markets, right? right. If you're listing, when you go to list a property and say $3 million and settle at five, right? Were you expecting to get two five when you listed at three? I think um, it depends. What sometimes may happen is, uh, let's just say, for simplicity of math, it was three million that you mentioned. We um, suggest the price of two million seven hundred fifty thousand. The seller wants three million, and half a year later or several months later, we do a reduction, and they get a lower price than we originally suggested because market shifted further down. Yeah, and you're just chasing the market at that yeah. point. And, right, that's, right. and that's the part that we're trying to explain and consult about that you don't want to be chasing the market right now. Right. It's, a, it's a different situation. You might want to cash out now for this amount rather than waiting and uh, possibly getting less. Correct. I mean, and the worst thing is, I don't know if you guys see this in your market too, probably like the neighbors, oh, we got Levy on the line. How you doing, man? Is he there? I see his face there. He froze. <laughs> okay. Um, what was I saying? Uh, lost my train of thought. What were we talking about again? Oh no, yeah. Okay. I, was, I, I like. I don't know if you guys see it in your market exactly, but like when when we have a building with a ton of listings in it, right? Especially when you have listings that are similar to your listing. Um, and you start seeing a bunch of price drops in that building, it doesn't really work in your favor. Um, do you guys see this within, um, like, I guess, like a suburb neighborhood where you guys see like a, a similar, let's say, three or four or five bedroom house and, um, you know, uh, your seller's reluctant um, reducing the price, but everyone else is kind of like screwing it, screwing it up for you guys? Yes, I, I, I do see that when a, a when the sellers are you know going for an aggressive list price um, and they're reluctant to sell and they're starting to see the neighbors start to reduce and they're like, well, what's going on? Your price too high. Um, yes, we're still seeing a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things is that with us is like we're like you know this is what's going on in the market. This is the price, and now your competitors are lowering the price, too, so it makes it even harder. Um, we've even we've even received offers for um, some of our listings, and uh, they start the whole building starts reducing prices. That they they just take their offer back. Like they're just like you know what we don't even want to. We want to uh, submit a lower offer. You guys have seen that any in any of your markets? Not really on that. Only New York City is suffering. I'm extremely yeah. <laughs> jealous. I think part yeah. of you guys don't go into contract right away. Right. No, it takes time. It takes so, time. It, one yeah. one of our deals took two months to get the contract. 
I think that's the longest I've ever seen. It might be why we, that's one phenomenon about New York that I noticed because when we write contracts and bind it usually within a day or two of offer, mm -hmm. so uh, they don't yeah. have a chance to think through it. Right. <laughs> there you go. No, yeah. The, if only that was like that in New York City, but no, they do the due diligence and all that kind of stuff, and it gets sometimes like a week, week, two weeks, and then this yeah. rare occasion it took two months. So, um, just so that everyone can have an idea of an average price point in each market, uh, John, what is the average price? Point in your market. Uh, so yeah, average average price point um, in in San Diego as a whole is going to be a lot lower. I think the the median's like six hundred or a little bit above that. Um, in in Del Mar and some of the coastal markets where I typically work, um, it, it's closer to I think like two to somewhere between two to three million. Um, I think right now uh, we're probably seeing about you know two point five, two point six, um, but uh, but again, it's, it it depends on neighborhood completely. Okay, um, guy, what kind of um, average price point you seen over there in Austin? Yeah. I mean, Austin's such a wide variety of homes. You've got homes, you know. I mean, the average price point of all of Austin is three hundred twenty grand as of last month. But um, if you go central, you're not going to find anything close to that. You're probably in the you know 600 to 900 um, range, and if you go out to more luxury neighborhoods like Westlake, you're probably one and a half million, 1.2 to one and a half million. Um, so it's a it's a wide variety. Okay, so I see that we have Levy on the line. You have What's up, have buddy? How's it going, everybody? Sorry for for being what is it 40 minutes late now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I, on the good news, it looks like I sold a house today. So, <laughs> so oh, that is good. Good stuff, uh, man. Yes, well, since I we got you here, what's the, what's the average price point in Miami? So, I mean, average throughout the whole of Miami, I believe the average price point is, is in the two, the mid two hundreds. But you'd be hard pressed to find a house anywhere in the mid two hundreds. It's uh, it's mostly because Miami is so is so large and. Uh, and very sort of uh, polarized, uh, but in any in any sort of really great neighborhood like where I work in Coconut Grove, Coral Gables, Miami Beach, um, you're, you're really looking at an average at an average of about a million dollars, and that's uh, more or less the, like the starting price point uh, for, for for the homes that are here. You, you really get into you, you get into Miami Beach, Coconut Grove, Coral Gables homes, probably at about a million a million and a quarter these days is where you start. Okay. And Jason, what is the average price point? Obviously, it depends on neighborhood and everything, but more or less, what's the average price point in your market? Yeah, I mean, Atlanta is one of the biggest sprawls in the country. Um, so if you took the aggregate of Metro Atlanta, you'd be looking significantly lower. If you're in Atlanta in prime neighborhoods, I'd say your, you know, your average price, I'd probably use median more than I use the median, right. um, is probably in that five to 600 range. Okay. Um, but you can go into neighborhoods that that is higher, right, in some cases, and others lower, but I'd say that's a nice, fair median right there. Okay. And um, just to cover Manhattan here in New York City, um, the median sales price that we have here is around $1.2 million. Um, so yeah, I mean, and of course that, that varies. I mean, you one point two million dollars, and then uh, there's also a fifty million dollar uh, or eighty million dollar penthouse in okay. some some buildings. So um, that kind of gives an idea more or less what the average price here is in Manhattan. Um, I think I think we 
pretty much wrapped up everything. Is there, any, is there anyone who wants to like mention something? I, you know what? Why don't we do this? Why don't, if, if someone want to get in contact with one of you guys in San Diego, John, what do you want to give your information? Sure. Yeah, would love would love the opportunity. Um, on so my website's just johngranston.com, J-O-N-G-R-A-N-S-T-O-N.com. And um, you can find me on Compass as well uh, on the website, um, and all my contact infos on there. Um, would love the opportunity to work with anybody that's even interested in having a discussion about San Diego. Um, usually, usually this time of year, it's the people in the warmer states looking to escape the heat that uh, that I start having those conversations with, and then the other eight months out of the year, it's it's people from New York and east coast and midwest and northwest that, that all want to want to come down for the the winter sun so yeah all right perfect um guy if anyone want to reach out to you in austin how do they get to reach a how do they contact you yeah okay um, i'm an austin native know it well um grew up here you can contact me over at the the obergroup.com the o-b-e-r-g group.com um, love talking about Austin and what it's got to offer, not just real estate, but all the fun activities, indoor or outdoor, that we can do. Um, so, yeah. Perfect. And Levy, they want to contact you. What should they do? Meet you at Monty's next door? Meet me, me, me on the boat. Um, my, the, easy way to, the easy way to contact me is levy at compass.com and that's l-e-v-i like levi at compass.com uh, or you can call me on my cell phone 786-222-5097 beautiful uh, and i guess with jason, jason also a miami native and a fifth generation floridian so i, I know jason, i'm sorry yeah. All right. So, Jason, how do we contact you when we get uh, someone to reach you in Atlanta? Man, there's so many ways. All right. You go to wheelockgroup.com. That's W-I-E-L-O-C-H group.com. Okay. Um, you can check us out on the web at facebook.com slash wheelockgroup, at wheelockgroup on Instagram, or contact me at 404-518-1368. Heck, let's just say it. We all have each other's information for a company. <laughs> We all got each other. Yeah. You know what? We, we will also put it um, with the video and with the podcast. All the information will be down below. Uh, will the NYC Zone team, where do they reach us at again? Um, they can reach us on our webpage, nycapartmentzone.com. And uh, if I could remember the phone number, I would tell you. Uh, <laughs> and the email is zone at compass.com. Perfect. So make sure to reach us out on social media too. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on YouTube. We are everywhere. If you want all each other's information, it'll be down below. And again, thank you so much. Until the next episode, thank you, everyone. Take care. NYC Apartment Zone, NYC Apartment Zone.